Okay, good evening. Parsha Vayeshev. This parsha, this shir is in memory of Ophir Agassi Zichrono Libracha by his loving family. Ophir and I were close, and so I feel very much his loss. Uh, the parsha Vayeshev is in memorable one for me. It's the parsha that the uh, Yeshivata Miftar started on. This is how we started. And this shir, or the these psukim, and the Rashi to these psukim were the first psukim that I taught in the new yeshiva, which was established. So, I'm uh, very happy to still be here and able to uh, and able to teach. The first pasuk is Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Migurei Aviv Be'eretz Knan. Vayeshev Yaakov means that Yaakov was a resident. He lived there. He lived Be'eretz Migurei Aviv. Now I know that it says that it's pasuk Aleph, but it doesn't have to be pasuk Aleph. The numbering of the psukim is not part of the tradition that we receive from Moshe Rabbeinu, but actually uh, because of a different tradition, not even a Jewish tradition, the chapters and the the psukim, the numbers of the of the verses. Uh, but uh, even though today we would never let such a thing happen, it happened, and the numbering of the prakim and the numbering of the psukim. Is not a, uh, a a Jewish learning Torah situation, but it's something that that happened to us. We weren't interested in it, but it happened. So let's say Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Migurei Aviv is not pasuk Aleph, but it's the last pasuk of the previous chapter. The previous chapter is Labed Vav, and the, the chapter Labed Vav is the chapter that tells us about uh, uh, the families of Esau. The families of Esau. And that chapter ends with this pasuk, Vayeshev Yaakov Beretz Begurei Aviv. Beretz Kedan, in spite of the fact that Esau was uh, big and powerful and and had some sense of malchut, of kingship, nevertheless, Yaakov was able to return to Eretz Yisrael to establish his family and himself in Eretz Canaan, in Eretz Canaan. And uh, that's the end of the story. The end of the story of Yaakov. The end of the story of Yaakov is that he returned to Eretz Canaan and, and built his family into the land of Canaan. So the Pasuk says, Yaakov, This is a big deal. This is not something, by the by, that the Torah tells us, but it says, Yaakov, full circle, came back to Eretz Migurei Aviv. He came to where he was supposed to be. That's Eretz Migurei Aviv, the Eretz Canaan. And so if this is a pasuk that represents the end of a story, the next pasuk obviously will represent the beginning of another story. So the next pasuk, you see pasuk bet, Eile toldot Yaakov Yosef. That's the new story. 
that Yaakov had an inheritor, just like Yitzchak was inherited by Yaakov, and Yitzchak inherited Abraham, Yosef inherited Yaakov. And when I say inherited, I don't mean they're exactly the same, but there are hints that indicate that there was an inheritance, that somehow this project of rebuilding a nation out of people, right, making uh, 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 making it possible for the descendants of Avram Avinu to be part of the covenant that was established with the Kodesh Bahu, all of that is part of the story of Yaakov. And the story of Yaakov is that you need Eretz Kenan. That's his story, because even though he was he was living for so many years with Lavan, he didn't change his position. He remained he remained connected to Eretz Kenan, but he was not able to create the nation of Israel. And why was he not able to create the uh, uh, nation of Israel? Because it was Eretz Migurei Aviv. He was connected through his father, but it doesn't say he was the person who came back. And so the next pasuk says, Eile Toldot Yaakov, Yosef. Toldot Yaakov, everybody says, Toldot Yaakov, the descendants, the family of Yaakov, should start to remove and Levi Yehuda, right? Those are his children. Yaakov, Yosef, we're starting with Yosef, he was one of the younger ones. And he was Bench Vasveshana. He was Bench Vasveshana. I mean, he wasn't, you know, more important than Reuven and Shimon and Levi. I mean, I don't know, but I think from the from the stories that follow, you should be able to. We should be able to get it. It says Ayaro e et achiv batzon. Okay, that's you know. We'll see what Rashi says. Hunar. Unar is an insulting comment. He's only 17 years old, but in those days, young people were were responsible. They had to work. The brothers took out the flocks. They did what they did, but Hunar. Ed B'nai Bilhav, Ed B'nai Zilpah, hard to understand what that means. He acted like a Na'ar. Na'ar meaning something not positive. Or it could also be something objective. Et b'nei bilhav et b'nei zilpah, those are the handmaidens of his father. Neshei aviv, it says. The wives, they're like wives. Vayavei Yosef et divatam ra'alavihem. So, oh, here we have a different, here's the beginning of the story of Yosef. Where's the first thing that the Torah tells us? That Yosef had a problem with speech. Yosef had a problem with speech. It reminds me very much of Yaakov uh, going to his father. That's why I say, who are you? He says, I am your older son, Esau. That's like a, like, a, like, a spe- like a speech problem, a talking problem. And Yosef was the one who brought Dibatam Ra'a El Avihem. So let's look at, let's look at the, the Rashi. Let's look at the Rashi. Rashi, Rashi discusses the fact the second line. I don't have the ability to do this anymore.
Oh, now I can do it. Thank you. Thank you. Here. Rashi says, Peresh lecha yishuvei Yaakov v'toldotav v'derech aruka. That in order to understand that sometimes, I mean, the words are that Rashi, that the Torah explains the story of Yaakov and his descendants at length. Kol gilgulei sibatam. All the th- siba is a cause. Gilgulei sibatam is, you know, all of the things that happened to them. This is so important to heaven that they expanded. It's like, why did Perik Lamed Vav, I, I mentioned before, Perik Lamed Vav is about the family of Asa. That was done in briefly, and Rashi says this is because God loved the family of Yaakov, so he took uh, the long way. The long way to uh, to set these these things up. And also, you see that the Torah uh, listed the ten generations from Adam to Noach. Ploni holit ploni, Noach. Right, all the ten generations are briefly remarked upon. But when the Torah comes to Noah, but when it comes to Noah, there's a long, a long uh, digression about Noah. So the Torah will will do that. The Torah will lengthen the words about its words about the people it finds favor with, and and be very curt with the people who. Are not found favor with. It can't be but Abraham. The same thing is true about the ten generations from Noah to Abraham. They are briefly remarked upon. Abraham when the Torah got to Abraham at length. Mashal. So then Rashi says. Rashi says. I mean, you know, you could like think about this mashal. It's a, it's a parable that you could apply to this, to this situation of Margalich and of Labenachol. There's a, a pearl that fell into the sand. So Adam and Mashmeish Bachol Vikovro Bikvara Achemotse et Margalit. It says so a person puts his hand in the sand or gets a sifter and, and, uh, and looks for it. So when he finds the pearl, he throws all the sand away that he was holding in his hand, and he just takes the 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 margalit as though the Torah is being written by Hakadosh Baruch Hu at this time, and it expresses a feeling. So Abraham greater than the ten generations from Adam to Ab from. Noach to Abraham, and then Abraham is discussed at length. Okay, Davar Acher. We know that there are other options. I mean, this is a, like a difficult interpretation. There's somebody who sells flax. 
So the camels came in carrying the flax. The blacksmith who couldn't understand what he's going to do with all this flax. How's he going to get it into the store? means a wise guy. There was one kind of clever fellow. He said, Meshivlo, Nitzotzechad yoteim mi mapuach shilcha, shesorefet kulo. He says, all you need is one little spark. What? Spark. Spark. What? All you need is a little spark. And then everything goes up in flame. So Yaakov saw Yaakov. Ra'ad kola alufim. The alufim are the generals of of Asaph in chapter thirty six. Aktuvim lemala. Lemala means above. In the previous chapter, tamei Amar. So Yaakov said. Yaakov said, kulan. How can we ever imagine that we could conquer them all? Makativ lemata. What does it have later on? Eile todot Yaakov Yosef. That Yaakov is going to be the descendants of Yaakov by Yosef. Why Yosef? There's a posuk that says, a posuk in Ovadia, right? Vayab beit Yaakov Eish. Vayab beit Yaakov Eish. Ubeit Yosef lehava. Beit Yaakov is going to be fire. And beit Yosef is going to be also fire. Ubeit Esav lekash. And the heart of Esav is going to be straw. Nitzot yotei mi Yosef. Just one spark comes out from Yosef shemichaleh. Nisoref et kulam. So that somehow, somehow, Rashi is not happy about the simple, simple meaning of the, of the pasuk. He doesn't understand. I guess, you know, I'd like to, but it's possible that that oh. it's possible Toldot Yaakov Yosef that Yosef is the one that is going to save the family of Yaakov from Esau. And since it comes right after chapter 36, which is the chapter of Esau, it comes right after that chapter. So it's a, somehow it's important to get this out. I mean, it's it not necessarily I know what Yaakov was thinking, or I don't know what Yaakov was thinking, but I could understand that that looking over Esau, it would seem that the situation is hopeless. But it's as though the Torah said, no, it's not hopeless. Told those Yaakov, and Yosef, and Yosef is going to do him in. Yosef is going to do him in. That's how Rashi, how Rashi understands it. And then, again, I just get another color. I don't like the color. Rashi calls this. This is the pshat, what I just told you. Because it makes some sort of sense. Eile told us Yaakov. 
that the Toladot of Yaakov are going to be in existence and they're going to be strengthened and they're going to be many of them. Yosef, Yosef is the one who gives that, who assures me of that. Then Rashi goes on and says this, That's the Pshat. That things should be in order. Umedrash Agada, you see that abbreviation. Medrash Agada Doresh Talakatuv Toldot Yaakov Yosef. Why is it that the Posak seems to indicate that the Toladot, the descendants of Yaakov, the descendant is Yosef? Well, we know that he had many other descendants. Rashi. There was some reason for this. One reason is We know that Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel and that he was forced or inadvertently got to the point where he married Leah. Rachel was his real wife. Whatever that means halachically. He was, Rachel was his wife and Yosef was her son. So it makes sense. Second reason, there was a sign from heaven. Yosef looked just like his father. If Yosef looked just like his father, it meant that he was going to continue the enterprise that his father embarked upon, which was creating Am Yisrael. And everything that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef as well. Yaakov was hated by Esau, but he was hated by his brothers. His brother wanted to kill him. And Yosef also was endangered by his brothers who wanted to kill him. There are many kind of indications of this. So again, again, according to this Rashi, according to this Rashi, Eile Toldot Yaakov Yosef could be that the, it was clear that Yosef was the kind of legitimate heir of Yaakov, either because he was the son of Rachel or because he looked just like his, just like his father. So that's why it says Eile Toldot Yaakov Yosef, right? Eletodot Yaakov Yosef. Again, Rashi says, again, that's something else I want to tell you, Rashi says. Vayeshev, and he lived, he dwelt. He lived in, he lived in Eretz Kenan. Vayeshev. So Rashi says, Bikesh Yaakov Leshev B'Shalva. Rashi says that Yaakov wanted to be in a retirement home. Like Yaakov said, I did it. I brought the family back to Eretz Kenan. I instilled this idea into the people in my family that you need Eretz Kenan. It's part of the DNA that created the nation of Israel. So like Yaakov said to I did it. Give me my retirement. So just at that time, 
the anger of Yosef came to bother him. All of a sudden, there was a fight with the family. He bowed down. They bowed down. What's going to be, right? All of that was Yosef. The the Bedrash continues and says, You know, there are times with Sadiqim. Sadiqim is a hard word to translate, but it means the righteous ones. They want to be quiet. They want to stay in peace. God said, Lo dayan lahem lo says, well, you mean these tzaddikim? They have already a good place in the next world. They don't want more than that. They also want something in this world. So why are they sitting, why are they trying to get peace and quiet? It was the Medrash, I think, I would say that the Medrash recognized the fact that Yaakov achieved a, a, a certain kind of level of, uh, of, of personality development for Am Yisrael. And that was that the, you could cancel out the diaspora. You could leave Chutzlaretz, as good or as bad as it might be. And then Yaakov thought, he deserved shalva. He deserved the peace and quiet that comes of someone who's successfully done a great thing. But HaKadosh Baruch said, no. The people who are successful in doing great things that Sadiqim, they have to do more great things. I mean, who else is going to do it? Okay. So then the Pasuk said, He Yosef is a na'ar. Rashi, Shayao said, Ma say na'arut. He was like, uh, he was immature. Metakem Bissaro, he would fix his hair. Mimashmesh Beinav, he would like uh, try to get his eyes to look good. Gideshi Yednir Eyefe, in order that he should be seen as being pretty. So, 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 in 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 other words, there are vuhunar is not specifically something that you could attribute to Yaakov, even though Yaakov was the one who caused dissent between himself and Esav when he bought the uh, firstborn privileges from from Esav. But here it says vuhunar. Udara, that that sounds like a bad thing, and Rashi certainly makes it bad. So, so we we understand. Like if we read if we read the psukim, as I suggested, that's not pasuk aleph, but it's the last pasuk of the previous chapter that Yaakov. Rakov uh, uh, felt that he had achieved what he was called upon to achieve. Like if you think of Yaakov's life as being totally directed by Kodesh Baruch So he went, he was sent to Chutzlaretz, right? And then he lived in Chutzlaretz and he maintained his devotion to the ideas 
of Avram and Yitzchak. And he came back to Eretz Kedahan. And then Ela told out Yaakov, you're safe. The Torah tells us that the story of Yaakov has ended, but the story of the creation of Am Yisrael has not ended. What we need is a community, something that drives them together, whether they like it or not. And it turned out that what drove them together was slavery. I guess the slaves, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of room for independent or action or or, or taking uh, initiatives. That was the slavery that drew them all together, even though they came to Mitzrayim as a result of the hate that the brothers had for, Yo- for Yosef. They endangered him. They put him into difficult situations. But at the end, the, it wasn't Yosef, but it was Melech Hadash al-Mitzrayim, the new king in Egypt who created a world of slavery for the Jewish people. And slavery, as I said, slavery can bring you together because there is no hope. There's no hope. The people of no hope can, can get together, be together, you know, commiserate together. So that's what that's what happened. And then Yosef ben Shvazrei Shana, Ayaro et Echav Batzon Vehu Naar. We'll get back to at Bnei Bilham Bnei Zilpan Sheaviv. I mean, what is that all about? Rashi just told us that he was the son of of Rachel. Why do they have to mention Vehu Naar at Bnei Bilham at Bnei Zilpan Sheaviv? So Rashi said Vehu Naar. That's something special. That's something special. And we look again at the Rashi. Et b'nei bilha. Kloma b'ragil etzel b'nei b'ilha. He would be with them. He would. He found them to be congealial. L'fi shehayu echab mevazin otam. His brothers would make fun of them. V'hu mekarvan. And he would bring them closer. You see, you have an attempt on Yosef at the beginning, at the beginning of the history of Yosef, to bring them all together, to make a, a, a strong family out of the 12 brothers, 11 brothers, right, which was really Yaakov's job that Yaakov retired from, Shalva, and Yosef maintained. So he says, at Diba Tamra'a, he would bring Diba. Diba is usually something bad, Diba Tamra'a. But you see here, the Ramban points out that the word Diba could be good. It's either good or bad. But the word itself doesn't indicate whether it's good or bad. And that's why it says Diba, the Pasuk says Diba Tamra'a. Because you have to know what it is. So Ra'a, Rashi says, Shayaro Magid Laviv, everything he saw the brothers do, he went and he kind of told on them to his their father. Shayu Ochlim they would eat uh, prohibited prohibited food. Eva Minachai. Umizalzalim Bivneashvachot Likotamavadim, and they would make fun of the children of the concubines and call them slaves and it wasn't clear whether they were 
how they deported themselves, right? Okay, we're up to Pasuk Gimel. So that's like a bad thing, right? The I guess I guess that Zachako Yosef is maybe the inheritor of Yaakov, but he's not perfect. And as we know that at the end of the at the end of the story of Yosef, the end of the story of Yosef is that the brothers are together being taken out of slavery, but Yosef is being carried in a casket by his brothers to be buried in Eretz Kedad. In other words, the last, the last view that we have of Yosef is that Yosef is totally incapacitated, unable to do anything, and dependent on his brothers to bring him to Eretz Kedad. That's all, all Yosef, all Yosef. Um, but so Gimel said, Yisrael, have Yosef mikolbanav. I had to guess about the I would say it was a fancy coat that he gave him. In other, in other words, Yaakov said, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to become the father of the nation that we are looking for. I'm not going to be able to do that. But Yosef will. And we saw that Yosef was not able to actually do it, but Yosef was able to grab onto Malchut, the kingship, for a number of years. So it's represented by Yaakov's prophecy that he will be a king, and the king wears a special coat. Right? Wears a special coat. Rashi. Rashi. Uh, ben Skunim. We did that already, right? Oh, no, Ben Skunim just, uh, he was the a son that was born when his father was older. Rashi says, He was born when his father was old. But Uncle is their game, and this is an important thing, Uncle is their game. He's a smart fellow. So somehow within this whole story, according to Unculus, who was a Tana, Unculus, Unculus said, well, you know, Torah is also being passed down. It's also, I mean, what makes them special, what made Yaakov special and Yosef special was the fact that they learned Torah. And there it is. Right? They learned Torah, Ben Skunim. Uh, Another possibility is that he looked just like his father. That's why he was called Ben Skunim. It's called Ben and Skunim, but the question is which word is more telling? Pasim. Pasim. Ketonet Pasim. He made this kind of coat that was striped, I guess. Lashon, Klimilat, fancy kind of material kamo kapasut khelet in the gilatester kamos ketonet apasim de tamar ve amnon so rashi 
says that this these words Ktodet Pasim appear elsewhere in the Tanakh. Midrash Agadal Shem Tsarotav Shenimkar Lepotifav Lesocharim Veshvailim Vamidyanim. So, Bem Midrash Agada Al Shem Tsarotav. It's a reminder of all the difficulties that Yosef had to go through because he was Yosef. No, no other reason. And what are those difficulties? Pay. The first word of Pasim, pay, named Caleb Potiphar. He was sold to Potiphar. And then, La Socharim, to the people who buy and sell slaves. That's Samach. Yishmaelim is a Yud to the Velamidyanim, Pasim. Pasim reminds us, the Aslo Katonit Pasim, as though Yaakov said, You're not finished, Joseph. It's not so easy. You've got to go further. You've got to go find the flocks of sheep. You've got to find the brothers and somehow manage to modify their behavior. All of that, Rashi calls Sarotav, is difficulties. Is, is, uh, is difficulties, right? So here we are with the Chumash and Rashi. We're being introduced. We're being introduced to Yosef. Yosef is going to be, uh, the central character from now until the end of the book of Breshit. And I would think that somehow it would seem to me that, uh, well, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, well, Avram and Yitzhak brought purity into the future of Am Yisrael. Avram, Isha, Emunah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, according to the Novi, Yishayahu, Ohavi, Ohavi. Yitzchak was an Olatmima, and Olatmima means accepted anything that Hakadosh Baruch he didn't he didn't argue he didn't he, he didn't know that arguing was a possibility, which Abraham did do. Abraham argued about stone Vamora. and then came Yaakov. Yaakov was the one who tried to integrate, in, integrate these ideas, faith and munah, and acceptance of divine precepts into a kind of regular life, into a life with ups and downs. And he didn't manage to complete that life even though he managed to give it a certain kind of content by going back to Eretz Israel and living with the ongoing danger of his brother. And even though his brother decided not to engage him in warfare, when he came back, I mean, we didn't know, you don't know anything about the future, according to Rashi, that could go on. So Eila told Yaakov Yosef is passing the 
the leadership from Yaakov to Yosef, but at that time he was still uh, problematic. Unar at b'nei b'lab b'nei zilpan she'aviv v'yavei Yosef v'di batam ra'ala b'yehem v'loshin hara is always a bad thing. And if you the Torah uh, mentions it in particular, so he must have been a real Lashon Hara kind of person. Sorry, as Yaakov was hinting to Yosef that he is getting, he 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 is becoming the leader. He is the person. I mean, even though his leadership was not so obvious when they sold him as a slave in Mitzrayim, and when he had this problem with Potiphar, and when he, when he uh, had to uh, tell the king, whatever he had to tell the king of, of Egypt, and then he became, he became the master of the house, and he eventually became the economic leader of the, of the nation. means they were unable to see the point that their father was able to see. Their father said, he's the man. He, Yosef, is going to be Even though Reuven was a Bechor, Reuven was the firstborn of Leah, and as the firstborn, he also had certain obligations and responsibilities, but they couldn't see it. They denied the prophecy. I mean, Yosef, you remember, had dreams, and the dreams indicated that he was going to be king of some sort or other, and they just couldn't put up with that. So we begin, we've begun tonight, we began tonight, uh, the story of Yosef. The story of Yosef is the story that will keep us busy until the end of the book of Bereshit. And I hope we do that all effectively and effectively. I would like to just remind you of one other thing that the Rashbam, Rashbam, you know, Rashi had a grandson whose name was the Rashbam. And the Rashbam wrote a parish, also a parish of Chumash, which is printed today in most uh, what they call Mikraot Kidalot. I mean, there are like several versions of the Mikraot Kidalot, all being reprinted in a very nice uh, uh, typeface, etc. But you have to, I want you to remember that the uh, Rashbam, at the beginning of Ayeshev, wrote an introduction to his parish of the Torah. And in his parish of the Torah, the Rashbam asks Rashi, his grandfather, he says, can I do this? I mean, you are Rashi. I'm just the Rashbam. I mean, I, I, we need you. We don't need my Peirush, but I would like to do it. So Rashi says, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. Why should you do it? Because he said, Pshat, Rashi said, Pshat is dynamic. It changes all the time. Drash is fixed. You can't change a drash. The drash appears in, in Chazal. 
You know, it could be fantastic. It could be unexpected, but you can't change it. So that contrary to the way people tend to think about these things, pshat, dynamic. It changes all the time. Don't be nervous about that. You could change. You could change the pshat. But drash, can't change the drash. If the Chachamim said something and it's in a Gemara or it's in a Medrash, so that's it. It's there. It can't be undone. Can't be undone. But pshat, which is the way you read the psukim, the way you read the words together, you can integrate a perush that includes both elements, the pshat and the drash. Rashi does that. But you have to remember pshatim amitchachim b'kol yom. The pshatim are what we invent every day. Every day to understand the teachings of the, of the Torah. All the best to you. Have a good Shabbos. Be well. Thank you.